Hi friends, and welcome to Robcast number 40. And uh, I'm doing a podcast each day this week on forgiveness. So this is the forgiving flow is sort of what I'm calling these podcasts. And uh, this is part three. This one is called The Dog and Its Vomit. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute because it's the weirdest thing to title a Robcast. Um, but a couple things real quickly. October 10th, I'll be at Largo here in LA doing sort of a one-man show of some new um, content and ideas. I would love love for you to be there if you're somewhere in the Los Angeles vicinity. And then January, I'm doing a series of two-day events uh, at the Viper Room. So one of them is on, they're called Finding Your Groove. One of them is about uh, business. One of them is about uh, art and communication and the creative process. And one of them is for spiritual leaders. So all that info is at robbell.com. Would love to see you there. Um, but this week we're talking about forgiveness and, and sort of the the idea that, that I'm sort of weaving through all of this is simply, or maybe you should say the promise or the possibility is that forgiving is what happens when you sense, set somebody free and then you find out that it's you. And so this is about your freedom, setting people free from the ways that you have been wrong, the wounds you're carrying around, the burdens that you've sort of been shouldering. Now, when you talk about forgiveness and you talk about specific people who you need to forgive, talking about love and receiving love and giving love, let's be honest, it can get a bit squishy at, at times, correct? Sort of this, hey man, we're all just loving each other. Yeah, but some people are really hard to love and some people are dangerous. Um, if we sort of act like, well, you know, everybody's groovy, everything's cool, sometimes it isn't. So here's what I want to do in this um, podcast. I want to talk specifically about those situations where there is something dangerous in the water. There is something toxic going on. Uh, the world is dangerous and people do terrible things and the effects of those actions can be really destructive. So, so I want to talk specifically to those of you who just the mention of forgiveness, it drags up abuse, violence, uh, manipulation, betrayal. Maybe you're in a situation where you've been in the past physically unsafe. And so when we talk about love and embracing people and passing grace on to them, that, that can be, okay, that's nice at some level, but like at the street level for you, there's a certain level of panic. Like, but yeah, but what about, and then fill in the blank of the situation. So uh, there's an ancient scripture that actually helped me in a really strange sort of way sort through some of these issues over the past few years. It's from the book of Proverbs. Um, and and here's, here's the proverb. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Um, as a dog returns to its vomit, do you have an accurate sort of mental picture of that? So fools repeat their folly. By the way, there's this really interesting thing that happens. Over the years, this has happened to me a couple of times. Um, I've been out speaking somewhere and somebody has said to me, do you have a favorite verse in the Bible? Sometimes they'll um, want a book signed and I'll sign my name and they'll say, could you please add your favorite Bible verse? Apparently in some traditions, this is a thing, like to have a favorite Bible verse. So <laughs> for years, I've put <laughs> Proverbs 26, 11, and the person's like, oh, thanks, man. That's really meaningful. Knowing they're gonna go home and be like, what the, what, a dog returns to its vomit? So if that's one of you, 
please tell me that you laughed pretty hard at that. Um, but what I find fascinating about the proverb is there's a certain sort of honesty uh, as fools repeat their folly. And in the ancient Hebrew consciousness, a fool wasn't just somebody who was sort of an idiot or somebody who told bad jokes at a party. A fool was somebody whose life was guided uh, sometimes the fool is the person whose steps are guided by death. Like this is somebody who brings destruction with them. This is somebody who brings betrayal. This is somebody who's got violence on their lips. So the word fool is sort of, we think about it in English a bit lighter and a bit more trivial, a bit more like, oh yeah, so-and-so's an idiot. But in the ancient sort of Hebrew way of thinking, a fool is somebody who everywhere they go, they leave a, some sort of trail of, of destruction. So first off, really, really straightforward. Some people are dangerous. They will hurt you, and then they will hurt you again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you let them in, they hurt you, you sort of patched it over, you forgave, whatever, then you went on like nothing had happened, and then they did it again, and something within you said, no way, how did I let that happen? Some people will hurt, and then they will hurt again. They will repeat their actions. And so perhaps you have a bunch of messages in your head that are like, but I'm supposed to love, I'm supposed to love, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to just sort of wrap my arms around everybody. No. Being a healthy, grounded, centered person means that there are times when it's perfectly healthy to acknowledge this person is dangerous, this person is toxic, this person leaves a destructive wake everywhere they go. And this isn't because you're some mean, vindictive, condemning person. It's just a very honest, straightforward assessment of what's happened. So then I would add to that. They will return to their vomit again and again, and you don't have to be there when they do. Some people are going to return to their vomit again and again and again, and you don't have to be there when they do. So forgiving does not mean that everything returns to how it was. Like in an ideal relationship, you hurt somebody, they hurt you, you forgive, you make amends, everything is great. You have, you have that phone conversation where you're like, I'm so sorry, and they say, oh, no worry about it, we'll speak no more of it, and you're on your way. But some people, if you let them, they will hurt you again and again and again. So sometimes forgiving is remembering. In an ideal, beautiful utopia, forgiving is forgetting. And in the healthiest relationships, in the most ideal of situations, you forgive, the two of you never talk about it again because it's gone, we're good, we're rolling. But sometimes forgiving has this element of remembering in it where, and it's not because you're cruel, mean, vindictive, condemning, it, it's because you are watching out for yourself. So sometimes certain people, you have to keep them at a distance. Maybe over time, they'll earn back trust. Maybe over time, they'll learn, um, but you were burned. And it's perfectly healthy. You can love someone from a distance. Especially those of you who are in situations where you keep going back into something and some there's guilt there's duty there's obligation maybe this person has put you on all sorts of guilt trips like what i thought we used to be friends uh anybody anybody ever been down that road where it's like what's why are you all of a sudden so cold no you can love someone from a distance you can love someone and maybe never talk to them again you don't 
have to jump right back into how it was, no matter what they say or whatever guilt they lay on you. Reconciliation takes two sides. Reconciliation is this profound, beautiful, best case scenario, and we always hold out for reconciliation, but you also have to be realistic about what's happened. So, in the art of forgiveness, in entering into the forgiving flow, boundaries are always going to be in there somewhere when you have somebody who's toxic or destructive or their repeated patterns. Sometimes you have to have limited contact. Or here's, here's one thing. This is fascinating. I've asked, I can't tell you how many different groups I've been in, and I've asked this question because somebody, this question, by the way, always comes up every single q and I've ever done people, somebody asks about what about relationships where the, it's toxic, it's destructive, it's dangerous, etc. Um, and I will uh, say, okay, this person, how long can you be with them before they do something that you have to spend the next 48 hours working through? Whether it's extended family, old friends, whether it's a former spouse, whatever it is, how long are you with them before they do or say something that you then spend the next 24 to 48 hours processing and working through and trying? And what's interesting is I've never, ever heard somebody not have a number. Like I've heard people say three hours, and then at the three hour mark, they always do, so, or uh, two minutes. Um, it's fascinating to me how many people have like an internal sort of meter uh, that tells them, uh, I've been there too long. Or one question would be to ask, how long can you stay at Thanksgiving dinner before somebody says something and it gets ugly? And you're, you're driving home going, we shouldn't have stayed for the pie. Everything was fine till the pie. Uh, I don't know why that's funny because it's so weird, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, this happened last year and the year before it, and if you just would have left in the given period of time. So boundaries are incredibly important, and, and some people were seriously have never, ever been introduced to the idea of boundaries, the idea that you don't just open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable to everybody everywhere all the time. Boundaries are extraordinarily healthy, really basic 101 way of understanding how to engage with the world. Sometimes you need limited contact with someone, sometimes only certain situations, sometimes only certain topics. Um, and part of that, your own boundaries is simply saying to so-and-so, your brother-in-law at Thanksgiving, who's <laughs> been watching a lot of Fox News, dude, we've talked about this before. Seriously, we both know we're not going to agree. Why am I laughing as I say this? We both know we're not going to agree on this. So we can either like talk about it rationally or not talking about it. But when it gets all food fighty, I don't do that. Or here's another one I've seen a ton of times. People who are leaders who get repeated emails from somebody complaining, um, castigating them for a certain direction or a policy or some sort of mission statement or something, and they just keep getting the emails and they just keep taking it. Um, you can send a very kind and firm email and just say, we have discussed this. Um, I, I know one leader who's part, who leads this massive organization, and uh, there was this person who kept saying, you're wrong, I don't like where we're going, I don't like what you're doing, and so this person said to them, here's the deal, I'm not changing my perspective and apparently neither are you, but here's the deal. If a bolt of lightning ever hits me and I change my perspective, I will call you first 
but until then, this is the direction we're headed. So, so boundaries have this sort of firm, grounded, you know who you are, you know what you're doing here, and just how, 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 what percentage of your time do you spend saying the same things to the same people? And sometimes understanding how human beings work is simply being firm and clear and kind enough to say, we've gone over this so many times. You're crystal clear on where I'm at, I'm crystal clear on where you're at, so let's not talk about this anymore. You have to protect yourself. I love that when Jesus says to love your neighbor, it's love your neighbor as yourself. You begin with love of self. Gandhi has this great line about refusing to participate in anything that degrades your humanity. Part of protecting yourself is refusing to participate in anything that makes you feel less than human. Love is when you give yourself for the well-being of another. It's also when you protect yourself from what threatens your well-being. You are like the sacred, precious resource. You have these energies, talents, gifts, passions that we all want unleashed in the world. And if somebody is constantly taking shots at you, constantly bringing you down, constantly stab you in the back, stabbing you in the back, Part of your own responsibility is to protect yourself, to, to love your neighbor as yourself, which begins with you refusing to participate in anything that devalues or denigrates your humanity. There's this great story uh, in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Luke, where someone in the crowd says to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance within me. It's a story apparently about two people in a family who are arguing about money, which has never happened before. And so the brother says, you know, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. By the way, you would bring that to a particular kind of judge. You would not bring that to an itinerant mystic revolutionary rabbi. So Jesus is even the wrong person to ask that. But I love it because Jesus replies, and the English translations are so great because there's this word he uses. It's almost like it's almost like um, human or brother, but a lot of English translations translate it man. So when you read it in English, Jesus replies, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then Jesus launched into this brilliant little bit on uh, greed and how it tears everything apart. But I love this, like, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter? So you can have bottomless compassion and love, and yet very firm boundaries. You can be open and loving and have a heart as wide as the ocean for humanity, and yet be very clear on what you participate in and what you don't. Uh, Especially to those of you leaders who picked up that the way that you lead people is a giant, big, squishy embrace, and so you're kind of paid to be a punching bag, especially the number of spiritual leaders I've seen, but all across the spectrum, leaders who, who kind of see their job is to basically take shots from people all day long. And so then life just becomes survival. But part of it is developing a strong sense of what is proper and what isn't. You can have a giant, compassionate, forgiving heart and also a firm line about what you will participate in and what you won't. And this is true in business, and this is true in the neighborhood, and this is true 
in an extended family. This is true in marriages. Is there any relationship that you are in that this person comes at you again and again and again? That's a toxic, dangerous relationship. Do you have any coworker, family member, person somehow in your sphere that piles it on year after year? Do you have any constituent, client, uh, whatever, parishioner who just never stops firing arrows? Do you have anybody who, when you're with them, it's the clock is ticking on them saying something that will just make your blood boil? There was somebody that was a huge, played a huge role in my life who, um, when we were no longer working daily, we would get together every once in a while, and it was about 11 minutes in when he would take his first dig. And it only took me about a decade to realize I leave those interactions so beaten down and frustrated because I knew over time it's coming, something's coming, he'll say something. You don't have to put yourself in those situations. Part of forgiving and participating in the forgiving flow, part of receiving and then extending grace and love to others is loving and respecting yourself. Now, let's just wrap this up with one uh, more sort of layer of depth. Are you beaten down and blaming others? Have you been taking shots for so long? You've got all sorts of knives and arrows and various weaponry in your back. And you have great anger and frustration, perhaps even the desire for revenge for this person. But it's all in some way a giant projection of your frustration with yourself for not having spinal fortitude. Spinal fortitude, strength of spine. Spinal fortitude is your sense of who you are, what you're doing, where you're going, what's proper, what's not, what you will participate in, what you won't. And if you're like me, I, when I'm not true to that, when I give three hours but I only had two, when I put myself in the kind of situation where I know they're gonna say a bunch of stuff that's gonna drive me crazy and I didn't have to put myself in that situation, I beat, I get angry with them but it's really honestly anger with myself. I knew going in I shouldn't have done it but I didn't have the spinal fortitude to say, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. And think about it. Think about the people you respect and admire the most. They're the people who have these very, very, like very strong North Star of what they enter into, when they leave, how it works. Is there any chance that you have anger with someone and you've named it and placed it on that person or that family system or those people at work? But, but the truth is there's a seething resentment you have towards yourself. And so... You just call it what it is. Just call it what it is. And then ask yourself, what specifically sets me off? What is it that I step into time and time again? And then it's, it's the, for me sometimes it helps just write all this out. Oh, okay, the next time I go to that thing, this is what I will say if the conversation goes that direction. Or 
The next time I'm not taking part in that and I'll simply say, no, nah, I'm going to pass on this one. It's all part of taking, participating in the forgiving flow where you receive love and grace and then you pass it along to others. But you do it from a firm, grounded, centered place with boundaries because you know who you are, you know what you're doing here. So may you, my brothers and sisters, may you come to see that like a dog returns to its vomit, a fool returns to their folly and you don't have to be there when they do. May you come to see that love is not this squishy sort of weird warm blanket embrace where just everything's fine, but when things aren't, may you have the spinal fortitude to name it what it is and uh, to love some people from a distance, uh, but to do it with a free and open heart. And may you set someone free and find out that it's you. Grace and peace. Talk to you tomorrow.